Good morning. Well, it's not summer anymore, but you're here. Isn't it nice? It's actually a beautiful day out there. The sun's shining. The roads were clear. The sidewalks didn't have to be scraped off. That's always nice when that happens. So uh, we're excited. I, I could do with this kind of snow all winter long and then uh, let other things come upon us. That would be fine. Skeet is in surgery as we speak. Uh, they had to go back in the third time now to uh, clean out. The infection just keeps coming back, and so uh, they're going to try this again. Well, the second time to clean out the infection, so this third time they've opened them up. So if you would pray for Skeet, I know they'd appreciate it. Carol is home and doing better. Those of you who uh, knew that she has pneumonia, uh, but she's home and doing better. Uh, Hope in Christ Ministry is meeting this evening after the uh, evening service, so if you're interested in helping people with cancer and other battles that they're fighting, uh, meet with Miss uh, Jeanette after the service tonight. First time joining us, then uh, stop by, please, the Welcome Center and uh, pick up a packet. And uh, Or if you're first time joining us online, sbtnd.org slash connect. Let us know you're out there. It's always encouraging uh, when we hear from our visitors, so good to have you. We have some visitors that are visiting for special reasons, which we'll do in just a moment. Would it be okay, Miss Liz, if we wait till after the Junior Church kids sing? That'll just help them out a lot. And a pie and praise service is coming up a week from this Tuesday. Uh, our Wednesday services move to Tuesday, so Wednesday or Tuesday at 11 and at 7, we'll have pie and praise. You bring something for us to munch on. Typically, it's called pie, but it doesn't have to be pie. We'll eat whatever you bring, probably. And uh, we just kind of really sit around and uh, praise the Lord, tell, tell uh, the wonderful things that God has done for us this year. It's a sweet time, so uh, not pun not intended there, a uh, sweet time of fellowship. And then Christmas and Wanamaker is back up again. If you can help out, uh, we need help in the booth time. We've got people coming for the parade. We always like more people at the parade itself, uh, but it's an opportunity just to pass out literature and uh, talk to people about Jesus, and it's just a great opportunity. So uh, sign up, and you can help us out there on that Saturday, December 3rd. Christmas at Southeast is going to be on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. It's a little different for us because Christmas is on a Sunday, we will have one service that day, just one. No Sunday schools, no evening service, just one service at 1045. Uh, Christmas Eve service at 7 o'clock. Uh, they're always just a wonderful time, and so the choir's got some special things for us and gifts for all the kids, so uh, be here. And then uh, ladies' Bible study is happening as well. You can sign up in the lobby for that. It starts up in January. Uh, it's $20 for the book, and uh, stop by and pay for the book, and you'll be signed up ready to go. And our missionaries of the week are the Petersons in Germany. Uh, the Petersons have some wonderful things going on. Um, since the last letter, it says they gained four regular attenders. One of them, named uh, a lady named uh, Dagmar, has trusted Christ since she started coming. Uh, the others have, were already Christians, but uh, pray that they would stick around and join the church and, and uh, those kinds of things. Then also, uh, John and Alina Stover, are another young couple who are looking to move to Germany as missionaries with their small son Simeon, uh, and they're moving. They and so they uh, are coming actually and going to help out with the Petersons for the year that they are doing language study and going to language school. So they're praising the Lord for that. It's a lot of good things happening uh, with our missionaries in Germany. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to be with us. Let's all stand, please, for prayer. Father, it is a joy and privilege to be here and to uh, celebrate uh, the Thanksgiving time and pray that you would help us to have our hearts and minds turned to you. We thank you for our nation, for our veterans, and pray that you would bless them. 
And we ask that you would just meet with us here today in a very special way. May all that's said and done bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Andrew. Good morning. It's good to see you here. And this Friday we celebrated Veterans Day. Uh, those of you veterans, we're so thankful for your service. Thank you for fighting for our freedoms. We're going to sing about that a little bit this morning. So we'll start our service off by singing two verses of our national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner.
flexible, right? We are Simper Gumby here, so ever flexible. And uh, so uh, it's a joy to be able to have baby dad. Look at that, James Francis Bonin Camper. What a joy he is. So uh, I just want to say a few words before we do the dedication. First of all, we invite all of the family to come and uh, be a part of it up here because, quite honestly, you're going to be helping out. Uh, but we just need to understand some things. When we do a baby dedication, this is not... Uh, this does not guarantee the baby's spiritual life, right? You understand that it's not that. It is a really, it's a dedication of mom and dad and the family to work together to raise up this child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that's kind of the commitment that's being made. So uh, we encourage that. So I'm going to just come on up here and uh, bring James and anybody that wants to come. And, and uh, we're going to lay hands on James and pray. And it's just a joy. Would you mind if I hold him, Mr. Francis? All right. Oh, look at that. Hi there, James. Everybody see that? Look at that. Isn't that just adorable? Oh, I love babies. All right, so come on in. Put your hands, if you would, on James. Come on over. You can just make a circle around him. It doesn't matter. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. We bring little James before you and pray that you would just work in his heart and life and do wonderful things with him. We ask that he would come to understand the gospel and trust Christ as his Savior and then live for Christ in wonderful ways. Pray that you would be with Francis and Liz and give them wisdom and patience and understanding as they raise him up in the nurture and admission of you. Be the rest of the family. Help them all to work together to see wonderful things happen. And we'll praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, thank you so much. I don't know who gets them, but there you go. Oh, what a joy. Liz said, uh, he just ate. It would be good if we did this early. Not a problem. We can be flexible. <laughs> All right, I'll let you uh, remain sitting for the next song. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies. The third verse kind of hits our veterans here. Oh, beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self, their country loved, and mercy more than life. And we'll sing three verses of a beautiful for spacious skies. For spacious skies, forever waves of gray, for purple mountain majesty, above the fruited way, America, America, God shed his grace on thee, and crown thy good
This time we'll hear from Rachel on the piano, a little medley of Hallelujah, What a Savior, and Jesus Paid It All. If you're able, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. Hebrews chapter 4. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, 
as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. May the Lord sanctify us through his word. You may be seated. So tribute to our veterans. We're thankful once again for all they've done for us, leaving family and friends and the sacrifice. And we're thankful for that, for our freedoms. And uh, we need God uh, to bless our country. And we're thankful for their sacrifice. So let's stand together. We'll sing one more uh, patriotic song this morning. Join me as we sing God Bless America. God bless America.
sing one more song this morning. We started learning this last week. Um, songs that tell Christ the true and better, and it goes through. Um, each verse talking about someone in the Bible who was a picture of Christ, but ultimately were human and couldn't quite fully be that perfect one that Jesus Christ is. So last week we looked at verse 1, Adam, and how Christ is a better Adam. He's the Son of God, Son of Man. He uh, makes the many righteous, brings us back to life again. And then today we're going to add verse 2, and verse 2 is Jesus is the better Isaac. If you remember the story of Isaac, he was taken up, put on the altar, and a lamb was uh, taken his, or took his place. And so it says, humble son of sacrifice who would climb the fearful mountain, there to offer up his life, laid with faith upon the altar, father's joy and only son. Jesus Christ doing this for you and for me. Their salvation was provided, oh, what full and boundless love. So thankful for Christ being the true and the better for us. We'll sing that together. Sing the first verse, the second verse, and then the chorus. Christ the true and better Adam, Son of God and Son of Man, who went tempted in the garden, never yielded, never sinned. He who makes the many righteous brings us back to life again. Dying, he reversed the curse that rising crushed the serpent's head. On the second, Christ the true and better Isaac, humbled son of sacrifice, who would climb the fearful mountain, there to offer up his life, lay with faith upon the altar, father's joy and only son, their salvation was provided, oh what Okay. 
We're going to be in First Timothy chapter 1. While you're turning there, Friday was Veterans Day, and uh, we want to take a moment and honor our veterans and let them know how much we appreciate uh, all that they've done to help secure our nation. So if you are a uh, veteran or currently serving in the armed forces, would you please stand and let us see who you are so we can recognize you and let you know how grateful we are. And... Uh, but what, what uh, service were you in? Army? Marine Corps? Army? Air Force? Army? National Guard? Army? Army? Navy. Nah, I knew we'd get a Navy in there someplace. Air Force? Army. All right. Uh, the only thing we haven't had in our service today, I don't think we ever have because we're in Indiana, is Coast Guard. I know Coast Guard might be up in Lake Michigan someplace. We just seem to never get them here. But uh, let's give these folks a hand. Let them know how much we appreciate their service. 
Thank you all so much. It's our privilege to have you here worshiping with us today, and it's uh, what a joy it is. Uh, also, before we get into the message, our teenagers wrote letters at camp, and I'm down to reading a couple of them now so that I can start to, start to play catch-up. We had about 50 uh, letters written, and so uh, to get them all read before camp again is going to push. But um, we ask them, usually we ask them to write a letter to themselves, and we send it to them just to remind them of what they were thinking at the end of camp. This year we asked them to write a letter to the church or to their parents anonymously so that they could uh, share what's on their hearts and then ask for uh, help without necessarily uh, putting themselves on the spot. So here it is. Dear Southeast Baptist, there's two of them. They're both addressed to Southeast Baptist. This week I decided to be a better brother to my sister and brother and I'm also going to be trying to spend less time on technology. So please pray for me. The other one says, uh, Dear SBT, I made a decision this week to delete all my social media and to keep on my phone only things I can use for God, such as the Bible app, Life in Six Words app. That's an interesting app if you uh, ever want to take a look at something. And spend as little time on it as I can. Please pray for, my dis- my, for me in this decision. Thank you. So uh, that's where their hearts were at the time of camp, and we're trusting that God's still doing a work. It is interesting, as we're nearing Christmas, I'm going to say something, teenagers, you'll hate me for, but as we're nearing Christmas and we're having teenagers again and again say, I need to spend less time on technology, we could help them a little bit by not just adding to their technological woes. You understand? I know the teenagers like, shut up, Pastor, I want my... Whatever gadget it is you're wanting next, I don't know. But anyway, uh, you know, they can still have gadgets. They just need to watch how much time they're spending on them. But just pray for our teenagers. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, this is Thanksgiving month. And so last week we looked at uh, what we can be thankful to God for, the who, what, when, where, and how of what we can be thankful to God for. Uh, today we're looking at how we can be thankful for Christ. Uh, I know that God and Christ and the Holy Spirit make up one God. I, I'm aware of that. But there's a uniqueness to what Christ does. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12 says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me worthy or faithful, and put me into the ministry. Father, as we look at this passage, help us, God, to... Uh, truly be thankful people. Help us as we come upon this holiday season that it wouldn't just be a moment of, of thanksgiving, but that it would be a life of thanksgiving, that we would live out uh, all of the wonderful blessings that we have in you. We thank you for your son and pray that today uh, we might see the wonderful uh, benefit that we have through him. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are really three things, three points to the sermon, so it's not that hard. So Three things that are listed in this passage, and we'll look at some other things at the end, but we really want to focus on this passage of Scripture. As it says, we thank Christ Jesus our Lord. Who's writing this, by the way? The Apostle Paul. And he writes these uh, letters to Timothy, who's his, you know, Timothy is his uh, son in the faith, who is pastoring this church, and Paul's wanting to help him and encourage him. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we say, well, this is Paul, and I'm not Paul, and I'm never going to be able to be Paul. Paul's smarter than me. He's done more for the Lord than I am. And we, and we have a tendency, if we're not careful, to put this off, that this is Paul writing about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you understand? And so this fits with all of us. The Bible says here, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. Now in our vernacular, our day and age, 
to be an enabler is not a good thing. It's not. That means you're typically helping somebody fail, right? An enabler is someone who comes alongside and, and gives them money to buy their drugs or, uh, you know, whatever, and, and we enable failure. But that's not what Jesus does for us. In fact, it's the total opposite of what Jesus does for us because we were already failures, you understand? Given, given life without Christ, we are dead in our trespasses and our sins. We are incapable of living a life that is worth anything apart from Christ. Uh, we are already failures. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's where we are without Christ. But then in Christ, he enables us. I want to look at what is it that Christ enables us to do. Well, we've already hinted at one of those, and that is that he enables us to have victory. Listen to what the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 15. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. This is what we have in Christ. We have victory in Christ. Victory over what, Pastor John? Well, I mean... Victory over, you know that, that the nagging sin that you've got that you're constantly battling? If you don't know, just ask the person sitting beside you. They'll let you know what it is, all right? You know that temper that you can't control? You know that uh, lazy part of you that just wants to sit around and do little? Uh, you know that, uh, that uh, problem that you have when you're on the Internet? and the, All of those things. Keep filling in the blank. Those are the things that Christ enables us to be able to recognize in Ephesians chapter 4, and we say, I'm going to put that off. You know, without Jesus in our hearts, without understanding the gospel, without having the power of Christ in our life, we cannot do anything with our sin other than just live with it. And you say, oh, wait a minute, Pastor John, I know some people who don't know Jesus as their Savior, but they quit drinking, uh, they quit smoking, uh, they quit beating their kids, okay? Um, I, I understand that people can reform their lives, but they're still living a life that is broken and in sin. But in Christ, when we come to know Christ as our Savior, all things are become new. And he begins to rebuild, and he now enables us to not just hide or put aside some bad part of our, of our lives, but he literally enables us to see a genuine change throughout our very spirit so that we can put off that old man let the Holy Spirit of God renew our thinking, and now he enables us to put on a new man. Later on in that same passage of Scripture, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, uh, you know, let him that stole, and then the rest of the verse, steal no more, which is a good, that's a good thing, but we can make that happen without Jesus. We do it all the time. We take him that stole, we put him in prison, and he's not stealing anymore. But that didn't fix the guy. You understand? He still has a problem. And we know that because we let him out of prison and he starts stealing again. But the Bible says, let him that stole steal no more. But rather, let him labor that he might have to give to those in need. So what God enables us to do through Christ is not only to get victory over no longer doing this sin, but he changes us so that we can become a productive member of society, working and now giving to those in need. That's just one example. He says, you know, that we ought not to speak, by the way, we ought not to speak lies. Would you agree? But if we stop telling lies, does that fix the problem? It fixes some problems. 
But you know what we need to do? We need to take another step. We need to start speaking the truth. And it takes the power of God. Christ enables us to see genuine change in our lives. You say, Pastor, you just don't understand the, the, the situations I'm in. Well, I, I do not understand the situations you're in. I may not even know what they are. But God understands the situations that you're, that you're in, and He has enabled you through the power of Jesus Christ to overcome whatever that circumstance is. Well, Pastor, my marriage is just about to fall apart. Guess what? There's a God in heaven who, through His Son, Jesus Christ, can change that circumstance and enable you to make the right decisions regarding that marriage. Say, man, my kids are a mess, Pastor. I don't don't think I get this parenting thing. It's not working out very well. Guess what? There's a God in heaven who, through His Son, Jesus Christ, enables us to become the kind of parent that we need to be. Because everything is dealt with through Jesus Christ. He enables us. He gives us victory. Uh, another way that we might think of this is to, to, to give us strength, right? He gives us strength. But listen to what Romans says. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. We didn't have the strength to save ourselves. But in due time, Christ steps in. And now, through Christ, I can put on the whole armor of God. And having put on the whole armor of God, what can I do? Stand against the wiles of the devil. This is what I can do in Christ. I didn't have any strength before. My spiritual strength was nothing. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. Christ comes in. He enables me. This isn't just a Paul thing. This is for all of us. Through Jesus Christ, we have the power, the strength, the ability to overcome sin, temptation, struggles, all of those things that are in our lives. We can do something with our lives now because we are in Christ. And so the Apostle Paul says, I want to thank Jesus Christ, first of all, because he has enabled me. But then he goes on in that verse, and he says, for that he counted me faithful. This word faithful is also translated worthy and trustworthy. Same Greek word, translated different ways in the scripture, faithful, worthy. Now listen, I want you to hear this. It wasn't like God got a really good deal when John Ray trusted Jesus as his Savior. You understand? That's not what it's saying. God's like, wow, I'm I'm glad I got this worthy guy. No, 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 no. He made me. He made me worthy. Through Jesus Christ, I stand, as that song said, I stand forgiven by the power of the cross. It's all through Jesus Christ. Apart from Christ, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's That's where I'm at without Christ. Apart from Christ, I'm dead in my trespasses and sins. I am doomed for a place called hell. Without Christ, I can do none of that. But in Christ, I am made worthy. I am made faithful. In Christ, I am. God begins to change my standing. It's it's a legal it's a legal term. Justified, right? Just as if I'd never sinned. I stand before. When God looks at John Ray, you see the warts. But when God looks at John Ray, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because he has clothed me in the righteousness of his son. He has made me worthy. And that is a wonderful concept as we, as we uh, consider this worthiness. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The idea that 
I, I, this I don't, I don't understand this. I don't. I don't understand why it is that Christ would die for us. I don't. Neither did the disciples. You know, Jesus, when he was trying to explain it to them in John chapter 15, and he says, some would give their lives for, you know, for a family member, and some would give their lives for a good person, but greater love it no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. And, and Jesus is trying to explain to them, I'm going to die for you. And it's hard to explain. Why would God love us so much? Because we are sinners. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The idea that Christ would count us worthy of that is an amazing statement. Philippians chapter 2 says it this way, but Christ made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even to the death of the cross. This is what Christ is willing to do. He becomes obedient even to the death of the cross. Again, I don't get it. I don't. I do know that Jesus loves me. That's what I know. Because the Bible tells me. And I know it because I've experienced the love of Christ because I placed my faith in Christ and His, His blood has cleansed me from all unrighteousness. But that, that doesn't make me understand it, really. I just know it. I'm aware of it. But I don't understand why it is that God counted me worthy of this honor, but he did. Which brings us to the last point of this verse. He says, not only did he, did he um, enable me and count me faithful, but then, and here's the part where you might say, eh, Pastor, this is, this is Paul, this isn't me, putting me into the ministry. Now, I'm going to make this argument. Is this written to Paul or is it written to us? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable... Written to, written to Paul or written to us? Well, let's say us since Paul's the one writing it, right? He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy... You know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to present our bodies a living sacrifice. There is absolutely no one who knows Christ as their Savior who is not in the ministry. Now, you may not be in formal ministry where you're full-time... Uh, out there preaching the word, or so to speak, or whatever, but every one of us are called to serve our Savior. That's what we do. Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, I love you. Then Peter, you know, you know what Jesus said? Then feed me. I mean, serve me. I mean, serve me. Feed my sheep. Get busy doing the things that you're supposed to do. All of us are called into ministry. What we've got to recognize is that it's not a burden. It's a privilege. In 2 Timothy, it says it this way. Uh, I love this passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy. It says, uh, verse 20, chapter 2 and verse 20, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be the vessel unto honor. And that's an important verse. We don't want to leave that part out. But listen to what it says at the beginning. In this great house. Now, most of us don't live in great houses. I don't know if you, I mean, you might consider your house great, but, you know, the idea is that this is like a fabulous house in a castle. Uh, so you walk in, and here's this kitchen. It's like, wow, look at this. And the kitchen has all of these vessels, some of gold, some of silver, some of wood, some of, of clay, 
pot, you know, whatever. And, and sometimes we read that verse and we think, well, I'm not a gold, so I'm not to honor, you know. I'm not, I can't sing, I can't play the piano, I can't, you know, so I, I guess I'm one of those dishonor. No, that's not what it says. The next verse, verse 21, put it up there, we would please, so we can see it. It says, if a man therefore purge himself, he shall be a vessel unto honor. The idea is not what the vessel is made of, but whether the vessel is ready to be used. Now, let me give the example. So you walk into this kitchen, this great house, right? In fact, Thanksgiving is coming up, so this is a really good example. On Thanksgiving Day, you're going to have this nice platter. It might be a silver tray that you put this turkey on in the middle to serve everybody, or it might be something that was handed down by your great-great-grandma that, you know, whatever. And it's, you have this platter, you're going to put it. Let me ask you a question. Is the platter that the turkey is served on that's all dressed up and looks pretty, is that more important than the kettle that you stuck in the oven that's blackened from years of use and cooked the turkey? Which is the most important? The one that cooked the turkey or the one that serves the turkey? And the point is, it's not an, it's not an either or. They are both important. But you know what the illustration is? The illustration is, are we ready are we purged and ready to be a vessel of honor? So here's what happens. The, you, know, you walk into the kitchen, and the master of the kitchen pulls down whatever the vessel is. It might be that vessel is made of gold, that vessel that can sing and looks really nice, and we put on the table to serve everyone. Or it might be that vessel is made out of wood that we're going to use in the kitchen and stir things up. But both are important, equally important. But here's what happens. The master pulls it down, looks at it, and oh my, it's not clean. He sets the vessel aside and pulls down another vessel. The honor is being used by the master. Do you see how this works? The honor is if when the master pulls us off the shelf, he finds a vessel purged, clean, fit for the master's use. And what an honor. So it's not what we're made out of. It's not whether or not we have great talents or hidden talents. It's not whether or not the things, you know, we're, some of us are really good at cleaning toilets. You know, that's what we're really good at. And, and it's like, oh, no, that's not important. Tell that to the person who's about to use the restroom. You understand? That's, you know what the most important person in a restaurant is? The dishwasher. Right? Because the next person coming in does not want to see your lipstick on their glass. It's an important thing, right? Which is the most important? The person out there, the maitre d' who gets to seat people and, and look all pretty, or the guy in the back who's washing the dishes? The honor is in the serving. And that's what 2 Timothy is saying. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy says, I thank Jesus Christ that he put me in a situation where I can be used by the Master. That is powerful. And every one of us who know Jesus Christ our Savior, every one of us teenagers, if you know Christ your Savior, we're called to serve. We are called to be ministers. And it is our privilege to be used of God. Reminded me of a song in the first service, so I'll go ahead and sing it to you in the second service too. I have a yearning in my heart that cannot be denied. It's a longing that has never yet been satisfied. I want the world to know the one who loves them so. 
Like a flame, it's burning deep inside. To be used of God, to sing, to speak, to pray. To be used of God, to show someone the way. I long so much to feel the touch of his consuming fire. To be used of God is my desire. When the Lord uses us. Hey, listen, folks, all of us, you know what we want? We want our life to mean something. And sometimes we get caught up in the world's way of thinking. Our life means something if we have a lot of stuff. You know what I've watched time and time again? John and Victoria here, they can tell you as well. You know what we've watched time and time again at funerals? Families getting upset at each other over stuff. It's sad. I mean, at the funeral. There's times we've had to break up arguments, lest they become more than arguments, over, you know, who gets whatever, pick the item. It doesn't really matter. That's just stuff. What we really want is for our life to mean something. You know what we, want? we want somebody to put our name on the side of a building. No, you don't. Let me tell you why you don't. I don't you might want that. I don't really care. It's no big deal if they do. But you know how long that building's going to last? In America, you'd be lucky if it lasts 50 years. We are a disposable society. We throw everything away. I, all you have to do is just look around and find all the buildings that you know no longer are there. Because somebody, a developer comes in, they don't redevelop the property as it is. They tear it all down and start all over. That's the society in which we live. So guess what? That name that was on the side of the building is now in the landfill. Wonderful way to be remembered. Or we could be used of God. And that service, when we give it like a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus, it's as if we've given it to the master himself. And that begins to last eternally. You know, I've had the privilege of watching people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior through my preaching. Nothing can compare to that. Nothing can compare to that. One day, somebody will be in heaven because God pulled this preacher off of a shelf for a moment and said, he's usable. And used him. What an honor. That's what we're thanking the Lord for. Not only has he enabled me, not only has he counted me worthy, but he's given me the opportunity to serve and to do things for him. Let me wrap this up real quickly, some other things he's done. I can be thankful because Jesus died for me. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For saving me, not by works of righteousness we have done, but according to his mercy. He saved me for keeping me. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And I'll give you this last one. What can we be thankful for for Jesus? Remember for, we, we were looking at John 15 just a minute ago. Jesus was trying to explain to the disciples. And he said, some would die for this person, some would die for this person. The greater love hath no man than this. Then a man lay down his life for his friends. And you know what Jesus says next? He says, John chapter 15, verse 15, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. Greater love and no man than this. Then a man lay down his life. I'm the friend of Jesus. 
the friend of Jesus. You know what we do for our friends? I mean, we stick to our friends like glue, right? We make commitments to our friends that are meaningful and lasting. And that's what Jesus does. I'm his friend. What an incredible thought. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. What a great Jesus that we have. One who has enabled me to have victory over things in my life. Are you struggling, Christian? Are you, can, can I point you to Jesus who enables us to say no to sin and yes to the Lord? To turn away from that sin and to follow after righteousness? To flee youthful lusts? To put off the old man and put on a new man? That's the Christ that we serve. Do you need to be enabled today? Let Christ do that for you. He's counted us worthy, and you'll never wrap your mind around it, but it is a joy to accept it, that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And it's his desire for you to be a part of what he is doing in saving souls and raising up people to live for Christ. And that he counted us worthy to be used of him. Christian, you say, Pastor, I know I'm Christian. No, I'm saved. That's not an issue. But Pastor, in one of these three things, God has spoken to my heart. I, I need to get some victory here. I, I need to be thankful for the fact that he's, he's made me worthy. And Pastor, I want to be used by God. Pastor, God spoke to my heart. Would you slip your hand up and let me see that? Say, pray for me, Pastor. Would you slip your hand up and let me see that? Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Maybe you say, Pastor, I'm not certain that I'm a Christian. If I were to die today, I'm not certain I would go to heaven. Can I tell you some wonderful news? This Jesus that we're being thankful for and to today, this Jesus died for you as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And not for our sins only, the Bible says, but for the sins also of the whole world he has died. And he offers to you the gift of eternal life if you will believe upon him, trust him, place your confidence, your faith in him, that his death would be the payment for your sins. And a God who cannot lie will keep his promise. How do I make that happen, Pastor John? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Right now, right where you're sitting, place your faith, your trust, your confidence in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross is the payment for your sins. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, the Bible says. Lord, please forgive me my sins and save me. I'm trusting your son to be the payment for my sins. And a God who cannot lie will give you eternal life. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one else is looking around. You say, Pastor John, Sitting here this morning, as best I know how, I place my faith, my trust, my confidence in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross as the payment for my sin. Would you look up at me for just a moment and make eye contact with me? Did you mean that? There's a God in heaven who does not lie. He keeps his promise. And he has done what he's promised to do. Forgive you for sins and give you eternal life. Anyone else? Father, Thank you so much for the hands that have been raised. Thank you for these three that have looked up and said they've trusted you today. And God, I pray that you would help them grow in your grace. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he's done for us. 
God, help us to find hope and help in him today. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. The altar is open to you. If you need to do business with the Lord, you step out. Let him have his way, would you? Some thank the Lord for friends and home, for mercy sure and sweet. But I would praise Him for His grace in prayer I would repeat. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me my great salvation so rich and free. Amen. You may look this way. Thank you so much for your kind attention. Do me a couple of favors. If you're visiting, we have James's family is visiting little James's family is visiting with us today so make sure that uh, if you walk slowly give us a chance to introduce ourselves and welcome you and anybody else we might have visiting and uh, then deacons at uh, four o'clock this afternoon if we could get together have a couple of things to discuss so if we could do that four o'clock today that would be great anything else I'm supposed to announce oh yes and we have some people that want to join the church so thank you very much so deacons we can meet right over there in the library anybody else Thank you for reminding me of that. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. You are dismissed. God bless.